It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We have a lunatic named Chris Russell that works for this radio station. I'm yeah, sure I know that guy. I'm sure you're familiar. I was just curious what your opinion is on him. Well, <laughs> never really liked Chris. Actually. Really, anybody at the media at all, everybody who shreds me in the media, I'm not a big fan of. But No, Chris has always been pretty fair. I like Chris. What's up, guys? What's going on? It is the Lockdown Redskins podcast, another episode. I'm Chris Russell. As always, thanks for being with us today. We have... A little bit of a lengthier episode than normal. Crossover Wednesdays and crossover editions are always a little bit longer because we have a lot of passion, we have a lot of energy, and a lot of opinions. So even though this game is not exactly what we were all envisioning it to be, the Redskins and the Jaguars coming up Sunday in Jacksonville at 1 o'clock Eastern time, I had some fun recording a good crossover Wednesday edition with Zach and Chris, who host the Locked On Reds, uh, Locked On Jaguars podcast, I should say, Locked On Jaguars podcast. I host the Locked On Redskins podcast. So we're going to get right to it right away and play you part one, which is all about the Redskins anyway, and a lot about the Redskins dysfunction and offense. So here we go. I'm your host, Zach Goodall. You can make sure to throw me a follow on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall, as well as my co-host, Chris Thornton. You can find him at Misto Cristofo. And today we have a special crossover episode. And I call it special because, truth be told, I have a good feeling this podcast <laughs> episode is going to be a lot more entertaining than the actual game that we're talking about. <laughs> and with that being said, we are joined by the host of Locked On Redskins, Chris Russell, Chris, want to thank you for joining us. It's going to be yeah, a fun guys. show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. First of all, thanks for doing this. And um, I, I don't, you know, look, Sunday's game, quite honestly, yes, is going to probably stink. Um, <laughs> but, but there are a couple of redeeming values. You guys get the reincarnation of the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. You know, it went out of business about a year and a half ago, right? You thought it was out of it. No, that's what the Washington Redskins bring to Jacksonville, guys. Well, let me tell you, I mean, we were saying this a little bit before the show. Like, we were kind of comparing, like, who's drowning in more sorrow at this point. <laughs> the Redskins and where they're at with 25 years or so of just not good or the Jaguars having like 10 years of good of really, no, sorry, I should say very bad to one year of good to just totally blue ball us and bring us back down to our normal, 
living in misery type of I, what's been a 2018 season. I love, I love that term. I love it. I love it in a, <laughs> in, in a football context, I should point out. Um, you know, here, here, here's what I would say. Listen, I know you guys have had some years of woe and misery and wondering if the team's going to London and, and Antarctica and all this stuff. That's that's all great. Um, I, I, you know, I, I love what Tom Coughlin built there. And, 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 you know, maybe last year was a mirage. Maybe this year's a mirage. I guess we'll find out next year. But here's the thing. If you guys understood how to dismantle a once top three, top four proud NFL franchise that was literally just printing money, like they couldn't print it fast enough, and 91,000 strong college stadium atmosphere, three Super Bowls over, uh, what, an eight, nine-year period, including a fourth appearance, and I know it was a different era. If you guys wanted a textbook example of how to destroy and ruin a franchise and a fan base, all you have to do is look to the Washington Redskins. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> well, then in that case, I'm really interested to hear some of the stories you might have, <laughs> which I'm sure – I got lots of stories, and I and I feel like you could probably pull a good couple of them out just from the past couple of weeks, let alone years. But <laughs> and I'm sure we're gonna get right to that. We'll go ahead and start it off. We're gonna flip the script throughout the show. We're gonna start off with me and Chris, kind of asking uh, just some questions that I should say. Chris Thornton and I will be asking Chris Russell. Uh, a couple of questions going through what the Redskins have been going through for a while, the situation they're in now. It might or might not start with their quarterback being the first overall pick in the American Alliance of Football or whatever it is at this point. The minor of minor leagues football is currently the Redskins starting quarterback. Um, but, if, I mean, if that isn't saying enough – Vegas has the Jaguars Redskins uh, over under as the lowest since 2012 wow. at 36 points. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't even know how to respond to that other than uh, they might threaten, you know, they might threaten to, to combine for less than 30. Yeah. So I could see that. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I mean, these are two anemic offenses, as we know. Now, the one thing I will say you know, um, it, it is at least with Cody Kessler, you know, he's been in the system. He knows the terminology. Josh Johnson knows Jay Gruden and some of his terminology because he was with him in 2013 in Cincinnati. He was with him and John Gruden over in Tampa in 2008. So he knows some of the terms. But, guys, he just got here yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. I mean, not literally yesterday, but figuratively. I mean, he was literally here one week ago in Washington after playing a pickup basketball game uh, in Oakland, and and they just the quarterbacks just kept snapping legs and falling like flies, and they needed this cat. So look, the bottom line is is does does he have mobility that can create problems for the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday? Absolutely. Can he throw worth a lick? No, he can't. Um, and, and and if you are going to win this game, if you're the Redskins, you are literally going to have to have the Jaguars do what they did on the Derrick Henry touchdown, which is miss about 16 tackles uh, on that run. Well, they're going to need that times probably two in order for the Redskins to even get above the 20 point uh, 20 mark and win and try and win this game on Sunday. Now, do you feel like there's any room for him? Because this is obviously a bit of a longer week. Yeah. Maybe pick, picking up a little bit more of the system and being sure, able to throw. Sure. Or is this truly like the dude cannot throw a football? 
No, no, no. I, I mean, he, he'll be fine with the short stuff, I think, for the most part. Um, you know, like he hit Jamison Crowder for a catch and run, uh, who just came out of the lineup two weeks ago, for a 76-yard catch and run. I mean, it was about a four-yard pass, right, on a little shallow cross. So I, I don't have doubts that he can throw that. But, like, for instance, um, you know, one one throw he made was pretty nice throw on like a on a post to Josh Doxson, uh, a former first round receiver, right? Uh, pretty right. nice throw, okay, NFL throw. And then the next throw, he just throws this god awful, hideous, not Russell Wilson type interception from Monday Night Football, <laughs> but just this god awful, hideous interception. They're like, dude, what are you doing? And even Jay Gruden had to say on Monday, look, you know, why has he been out of the league? Well, it's because he's inconsistent as a throwing <laughs> quarterback. And teams don't like it. Yeah, no bleep, Sherlock. <laughs> they don't. You know, so here's the here's the bottom line. In a nutshell, will he learn more of the system? Absolutely. Will he be better? Probably. The Giants weren't even playing hard in the fourth quarter when he came in and, and blew their skirts up. But here's the one thing that I would quickly say, and I know this is a long answer, so it's not quick, but the Jaguars have had 10 days to prepare for this game, six, seven days, whatever it is, to prepare for Josh Johnson, being that they know he's now the starter. And on top of that, guys, the Jaguars are angry from what happened to them last Thursday night in Tennessee. This is not a good combination for Josh Johnson and the Redskins. And now we talked about Josh Johnson, but uh, talk to me a little bit about the ageless wonder that is Adrian Peterson. How's, I mean... He seems seems like every week he's having another highlight play and just is not going away anytime soon. How's he been for you guys this year? I mean, he's been tremendous. Uh, you know, now there are times, plenty of times, way too often, where the run game will get negative one, negative one, negative one on first down, first down. You know, the, he'll have five or six negative carries in this game, especially against a pretty good defense if they're on in Jacksonville and, again, not missing tackles like they did against Tennessee. But – Adrian is also capable of, you know, busting that big one, as we saw against Philadelphia on Monday Night Football a couple of weeks ago when he ripped off a 90-yard touchdown run. Still at 33 going on 34. He can do that. He is more than capable of doing it. And quite honestly, guys, he was brought here after the second preseason game because they lost Darius Geis, their rookie second-round pick out of LSU to a torn ACL, and he wasn't even their first choice to replace him. They had two other guys that they thought, ah, th these guys are better than Adrian Peterson. Well, as usual, the Redskins were wrong about everything, and Adrian Peterson has been the one saving grace on offense this year. So what you're saying is if the passing game doesn't work, they should just resort to constantly running the option. Uh, <laughs> maybe like the, uh, yeah, the triple option. Maybe they should, they should break out the, the, the Navy and Georgia Tech offense. And I, I, you know, I don't know what's going to – look, here's the bottom line. I don't think the passing offense is going to work. I don't think Josh Johnson is going to be able to break contain as much as he did against the Giants in the fourth quarter, which was the only thing that really gave the Giants fits. And, I mean, clearly he'll be able to elude some sacks and some pressure and whatever. But the, the Redskins are a team, guys – um, you, you know, I think Doug Marone, I mean, you guys would know better, Doug Marone and, and, and Tom Coughlin, their identity is, well, we, tr we think, you know, physical, pound the rock, run the football, kind of that's our DNA. The Redskins' DNA is we give up on the run as soon as things go bad and we never go back to it. And then our passing game sucks, so we're a crappy offense as, as 
to boot. So, so, so that's the DNA of the Redskins. So if you guys shut down the run on first down and even, you know, again, fourth, second and 11, second and 12, I mean, the Redskins are going to abandon Adrian Peterson and the running game period very quickly in this game. Now I'm taking a look at the Redskins injury report. If I'm counting this up correctly, there's nearly enough players on the IR for the Redskins to fill an all 22 angle. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of that comes from the offensive line. Obviously, I mean, it hurts to also have like the flat, the, the, potential future at running back there and Darius Geis being gone right at the beginning of his rookie season. That hurts a couple other guys that hurt them being out as well. Alex Smith. I'm sure we're going to talk about that too, but a lot of offensive linemen by the looks of it are on there too. That, that can't be helping whatsoever with this already damaged offense. Well, sure. Brandon Sheriff is the, the, the number one name that, you know, everybody would probably know around the NFL. He was taken in that same draft as Dante Fowler by the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, back in 2015 as the number four, uh, five overall pick, number five overall pick. And even though he's far from, to me, the bulldozing type guard that I would like, he's really good guys running in space and on the outside zone and the toss plays and the perimeter runs that the Redskins were really good at early in the year, both Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson. Um, and, and they've missed that terribly. They've missed him. And then Sean Laval to a lesser degree, their starting left guard, he's always hurt, but he was also good in the run game too. So here's the bottom line. Again, if the Jaguars can stop the run, and, and, and Adrian Peterson will, again, have four or five negative runs, I don't think the Redskins give it up that quickly. But if the Jaguars can create any separation at all, and I'm talking about seven to ten points of separation, we're not asking for a lot here, the Redskins will completely abandon the run. And then they're one-dimensional, and that's the last thing you want Josh Johnson and that offensive line and these receivers to be. And, oh, by the way, no Jordan Reed as well this Sunday. That's not official, but but nobody expects him to play. He sprained a toe last week. So their star tight end and their leading receiver, Dunsky. All right, so that's part one of the Locked On Redskins, Locked On Jaguars crossover Wednesday edition as we get you set for Sunday afternoon in Jacksonville. Yes, they have to play the game. Sorry, that is a fact. We're back in a flash right here on Locked on Redskins and Locked on Jaguars crossover Wednesday edition, as we mentioned. It is good to have you aboard with us. All right, guys, it's time to tell you about an exciting new venture for us here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, Locked on Podcast Network, and it's with our partner, DraftKings. That's right. If you're looking for a little fun, little action, a little way to make some extra money for that holiday spending for the new year, take a little vacation that you've earned, perfect way to do it. Plus, you can have some bragging rights with huge cash prizes that are up for grabs this weekend and all season long at DraftKings, the leader in one-week fantasy sports. How huge? Well, we're talking about over $1.5 million in total prizes. With one-week fantasy at DraftKings, you choose when to play, just like I did on Tuesday night. I filled out my roster for Thursday night's Chiefs-Chargers showdown at Arrowhead. I did it in the NFL showdown captain mode. I've got Phillip Rivers, Keenan Allen. I've got Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, all under a $50 million salary cap. I have a little action on it. I'm going to have a little fun. going to spice things up on Thursday night's 
NFL tilt at DraftKings. You are the GM. Just choose your players. Again, stay under that cap no matter what your skill level. Contest waiting for you at DraftKings right now. Now, guys, you can play for free with your first deposit. Go to DraftKings.com right now. Download the app today. Use the code Locked On to enter a contest for free this weekend with your first deposit and compete for your share of over $1.5 million in total prizes. That's code Locked On only at DraftKings, the game inside the game. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, we are back here on the Locked On Redskins and Locked On Jaguars podcast. It is a crossover Wednesday edition. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you aboard oh, with us. Uh, again, no, make sure you guys follow at Locked On NFL Net, uh, at Locked Redskins, uh, and at WrestleMania621 for all of your latest Redskins and NFL news. Part two of our conversation with the guys from Locked On Jaguars. Uh, right here and right now, again, a lot about the Redskins and everything going wrong. We all know that Alex Smith uh, is done for the year and is battling those injuries with the or that uh, infection in his leg. And oh. then Colt McCoy ends up being able to replicate the injury. Uh, we obviously haven't heard anything about maybe an infection with that. But uh, do you have any updates or anything on how either of those guys are doing, whether it be yeah. recovery or... McCoy, from what I understand, is okay and fine. Now, I mean, something could, you know, ultimately set in. Anytime you have some sort of surgery or medical procedure, of course, infection could happen post-op and so on and so forth. But my understanding is he's out of the hospital and he's on, on the road to recover. They expect him to be ready for the off-season program. Now, the Alex Smith situation is a complete unmitigated disaster for him individually and personally. Uh, and that's where you start. And then the football team real quickly, just in summation guys, multiple infections, multiple procedures. Uh, I mean, I've heard everything under the sun medically done to try and fix this problem and, and all as a root cause of the infections post-op. Um, and look, here's the bottom line. He, not only is 2019 in jeopardy, but, you know, his well-being, his future, his ability to, to, to walk with his three kids uh, without pain. Uh, and maybe even more than that, I don't want to speculate too far because, you know, you hear a lot of things, but you're not, you're not a medical doctor and you certainly don't want to play one on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that is in play is how I would label it. it. It's serious. It's bad. It's not good. And then from a salary cap perspective and a roster perspective, you know, Redskins are screwed. I mean, they, they have no quarterback worth a you-know-what. And on top of that, they're going to pay in 2019, regardless of whether Alex Smith can play, not play, retires, doesn't retire, a minimum of $20.5 million under the cap. And that's a minimum if he doesn't retire or if he plays or isn't ready to play or however they turn, you know, IR, whatever they do there, right? They're going to pay a minimum of 20 and a half. It could be as much as $40 million under their 2019 cap for Alex Smith. My goodness. 
that's just it's so unfortunate to think about and obviously like you want to think about the guy first so it's yeah. it's almost hard to even talk because you almost just want to say like yeah man like take the money just get better um yeah. but i mean like Obviously, that's going to hurt the team going forward. It almost scares me into thinking Washington might have to pull a desperation move and trade up and try and seal a quarterback from Jacksonville. But that's besides the point. Uh, obviously, our prayers go out to Alex Smith because this just this this set, like you said, like walking with his kids like that's going to be like, what if he can't do that? That's God. It's it's just a game, man. You hate to, you hate to think about it like this. You know, fellas, I have a good idea. How about when Blake Bortles gets cut loose, Blake Bortles comes up to Washington, D.C.? How about that, huh? Done. I mean, what's funny is that, like, Blake's going to leave here and turn into, like, some (laughs) quarterback. That's just how it works at Jacksonville. Like, Blake... Blaine Gabbert's been out of town for five years and right. he still gets jobs around the NFL. Not that he's been good, but like he's won starting jobs. Correct. <laughs> it's crazy. There, how it looks. There, there's no doubt. Now, again, the caveat is he hasn't been good. Um, right. <laughs> you know, and I know, I know Bortles can be a lot better than he has been this year. I got it, but we all know he's a roller coaster and inconsistent. That's why the Jaguars are uh, obviously giving up on him are on the Kessler train, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, Before we go to our first ad break, I do want to take a little bit of focus off the Washington not good offense and turn to what is their good, or at least seemingly good defense. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Yeah. was good. Was, was good is the is the correct uh, is the correct setup to that. Um, oh. It's it's not good. It's I mean, I, I, all right. Here here I'll just jump in and, and just go for it. Right, last right. six games, guys, they're averaging allowing four point nine nine yards per rushing attempt. Oh. Four point nine nine again. yards per rushing attempt. That is hideously awful. In their first, just for, just for perspective in their first seven games. So again, that's their last six in their first seven games, guys, they were allowing 3.8 yards per attempt. So it's, you know, an astronomical difference. And that's where obviously I think the Jaguars just feast in this game. And on the back end, they're spotty. Ha ha Clinton Dix, who they traded a fourth round pick for and got from the Green Bay Packers, has been whiffing on tackles, taking bad angles. DJ Swearinger is a carnival barker. Josh Norman is no longer the player that he once used to be in Carolina and maybe at times earlier in his Washington career. And at corner, they have a seventh-round rookie playing corner because Quentin Dunbar, who played at the University of Florida as a receiver, was the starting corner and is actually good. But he's got nerve damage in his leg, so they put him on IR. So the Redskins are – oh, and their inside linebackers stink. And Mason Foster, just one more for you for the road. Mason Foster tonight, uh, guys, as we record this, was was caught, I don't know how, uh, in a screenshot on an Instagram direct message just torching and sandblasting the Redskins fans. So that is the big story. <laughs> 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 just, keeps getting, just keeps getting better. Problems? Oh, baby. <laughs> Do you mind if I ask, like, what was the best quote that you got out of those DMs? Um, uh, you know what? I would have to pull it up. Uh, it's stuff I can't say. Um, basically, <laughs> that this, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it was something to this bleeping 
with the F word, uh, fan base, you know, sucks basically. Oh is, my God. You know, so, I, I mean, I mean, you, you, as you can imagine, this is kind of just taking fold. <laughs> You'll see this all over the news on Wednesday and it's, it's from his verified Instagram account. I'm sure, I'm sure a stand-up guy like Mason Foster will say he was misquoted or his, his, his Instagram was pirated by a UFO or something like that. <laughs> Uh, the bottom line is, yeah, it's, it's not real, and that's how the players feel anyway. When we title this episode uh, on our feed, Jaguars fans are going to get a download saying, oh, so you think you've got it bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, now, but now can you tell me, are there any positives to take away from this defense as it stands right now? I mean, I look huh. at some stats like on PFF yeah. for pressure counts and stuff like that. I was a proponent before the Jaguars took Leonard Fournette of taking Jonathan Allen pre-Saxonville. And I was a big Jonathan Allen fan for the scheme that they run with a big defensive end playing opposite of a a speed rusher. How's he been doing? (laughs) No, Jonathan Allen has had a a nice second campaign. Now, remember, his rookie year was cut short because of a Liz Frank injury. I could have come back if they needed him to, but they chose not to. Um, so he only played five games. He's played every game this year. He's a leader. Uh, he's clearly when he's healthy and he's right and he's not worn down. And that's the key. He's a very good run defender with side to side lateral ability. And he does have the pot, the, the pass rush ability to, to collapse the pocket. And so he's got, I don't know, uh, four sacks, whatever, whatever it is this year. The bottom line is, is him and Deron Payne also an Alabama first round pick Deron Payne from last year. Allen from two years ago, you know, they, they make up this tag team duo with Matt Ioannidis and guys, when they're fresh and when they're not worn down, they're, they're pretty good at, again, stopping the run and getting after the quarterback. The problem is they played almost, I would say about 85% of the Redskins defensive snaps in the first eight, nine games of the year. And they were just worn down and now they're taking bad gap, you know, or the linebackers are taking bad uh, gaps and, and, and not in their fits and the safeties, I mentioned Haha Clinton Dix. So it's kind of affected those guys. They're not as fresh as they and dominant and as explosive as they were. And then the guys behind them on the second and third level are all out of their gaps and fits. And it's just leading to massive, massive problems. It seems yeah. like we have a just complete collapse on defense. <laughs> and that would be a that would be a way to describe it, yes. <laughs> If well, the Jaguars don't win this week, I'm actually going to be surprised, and I haven't been able to say that since week five. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, look, yeah, I, I would, I would say this, fellas. You know, uh, the Redskins special teams might be better than the Jaguars special teams. That, that's, that's about it. I, I, I mean, I, I'm like, you might think I'm negative and and dark cloud, and I am, but. Um, it is an absolute zoo of epic proportions. I don't care how bad Cody Kessler is. I don't care how inconsistent the Jaguars' defense has been this year. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. If they don't win this game, boy, oh, I mean, you know, heads might roll. Heads <laughs> might roll. And oh might not be on Monday in Jacksonville. We might just well, have we to come- We might just have to do a pod together to see the reactions if it happens. <laughs> I can't say that I'm old enough to drink, but you guys can get as drunk as you want for that reaction pod. I'll just kind of moderate it. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. <laughs> when we come back from our first 
commercial break. We're going to flip the script a little bit. We'll let Chris take over, ask us any questions he wants to know about this Jacksonville Jaguars team. Guys, we might actually have it good for once. All right, so when we come back, we're going to turn it over to the fellas and we're going to talk some Jaguars football and get you set for Leonard Fournette and what awaits the Washington Redskins, especially from a defensive perspective on Sunday. But first, guys, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Well, your company can be mentioned right here and right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcasts. Our demographic is 98% males and has more education and earning than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast, Locked On Redskins, and the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Email me at russellmania09, that's R-U-S-S-E-L-L-M-A-N-I-A-0-9, russellmania09 at gmail.com, and I'll get you all the details. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, guys, this is the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard. It's a crossover Wednesday edition. Right back to it. We get you a little skinny on the Jacksonville Jaguars who await Josh Johnson and the Washington Redskins. Here's the final part of our conversation with the guys. Chris and Zach from Locked on Jaguars. You know, obviously Fournette struggled to get on track against Tennessee on Thursday night football a week ago or so. But now that he's come back and he's a couple of weeks back, from missing so much time, and again, he should be fairly fresh considering that they've had you know, 10 days off by the time this game kicks off on Sunday to prepare. What have you guys seen out of Leonard Fournette? Is he back to where he needs to be, and he just ran into a good defense, or is something missing? Uh, from what I put together, his past couple of games before the one-game suspension, he was looking like the back people were starting to believe that he could be as a runner, you know, with burst through the hole, powerful, looking a lot more agile this year compared to his rookie year, and starting to finally, like, consistently catch the ball out of the backfield. Like, a couple of screenplays. I think in his first game back against the Colts, he took a screenplay, like, I think 50 yards or something like that. It was, we we're finally starting to get a real taste of what Leonard Fournette could be. This past week against the Titans, I wouldn't venture to say that it was nearly as much on the Titans being good as it was Fournette having an awful day. And, I mean, there was no recognition. There was no vision as to what was opening up. There almost seemed like there was just little effort to try and find power. I mean, I don't know if you remember uh, the nationally televised game in London. Chris, I can't even remember who they took because I tried to um, – who they were playing. This It was a couple of years ago. Oh. I tried to wipe it from my memory. But Toby Gerhardt being stopped yes. at the goal line four plays in a row. 
Fournette, yeah. Fournette almost did it <laughs> against the Titans. There were three, there were four offensive plays. They went for it on fourth and one. Three right. of the plays were carries to Leonard where he got stuffed at the line. And I mean, the dude's known to be the power back that doesn't need even adequate blocking just to get a yard or two. So I had, I had like real flashbacks to Toby Gerhardt in that moment. And I just almost turned off my TV. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, moving on from, from Fournette and just in the interest of time, you know, I, I know you guys obviously lost a couple of key receivers in free agency, then uh, a big injury torn ACL, um, you know, kind of ending uh, was in Marquise Lee's season early on. Um, but it looks like, and maybe I'm wrong again, maybe it's just because they were down so much early and, and that's easier to kind of pile up some numbers. You guys have some decent depth and some decent balance between Moncrief and Cole and Westbrook guys that can hurt again. And inconsistent is how I'll label it. Redskin secondary. Yeah. I mean, DD Westbrook, I th- he was drafted in the fourth round uh, when he was drafted last year and has really kind of become the guy for the Jaguars this year with Marquise Lee being out uh, because in college he was a two-time Heisman finalist, uh, so he obviously had the ability there uh, to make big plays. And you see it down the stretch of this season, at least, that when you get the ball in his hands, good things usually happen. He's their be- he's a- yeah, he's their best playmaker. Uh, he's probably their best receiver. Moncrief is kind of hit or miss. He has the drops and sometimes just not the separation. But D.D. Westbrook, you can kind of run jet sweeps and stuff with that. So I would say that Westbrook has by far been their best weapon this year, especially with guys like Keelan Cole, who kind of just fell off the face of the earth. He's really their only option on offense to be kind of that weapon out in the receiving core. All right. And the obligatory Cody Kessler question. Uh, I mean, when I've seen him in bits and pieces, you know, Cody Kessler looks like, eh, you know, he can make some plays. He can extend some plays. Uh, he can give them a little spark, especially uh, earlier in the year. There was no spark last Thursday night. Is Cody Kessler, um, is he as bad as I basically explained Josh Johnson from a throwing perspective? Or can this kid set up shop five, seven step drop? And if a secondary and a pass rush is not there, he can hit his marks. Cody Kessler, in my opinion, is five times the quarterback Blake Bortles is. Cody Kessler also oh. stinks. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, that's well so, said. I like my, that. I, I the Jaguars want to run things really simplistic because they want to run the power. They want to run power. They want to focus on a run game and have a great defense. And that's incredibly outdated, but it's what they're doing. So their quarterback literally just needs to hit crossing routes in stride, and he should be fine. The occasional play action, once in a blue moon, throw the ball further than 15 air yards down the field, and he should be fine. And Kessler can do the minimum of all that. His arm's not great. It's not flashy. You're not going to see him test deep balls. You're not going to see him try and you know play any hero ball. His best friend is the check down, but... You know, when the Jaguars are able to run the ball and play decent defense, using Kessler as a complementary piece to all that, he can get that type of job done. And I think, you know, at absolute best for Kessler is that he could stick around next year and maybe start a couple games to start the year while a rookie is just kind of getting ready to take on some snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's even a full term like bridge option unless you're just kind of ready to throw the season. At the same time, I mean, worse comes to worse, they find a new backup. 
Kessler is a pretty decent backup because he's a guy that understands this type of system. And I would never want him to start more than a couple games as a spot starter for me, but he's doing a lot better of a job than Blake was. I'll tell you that much. All right, flip of the script for you guys uh, on the Jaguars' defense. We know it's been inconsistent, certainly not what it was last year. That's pretty easy to see. Um, I guess I would label it this way. I fear, I don't know if I'm wrong uh, on this Yannick Ngakwe just in in, in the the backfield all game long. Uh, Again, maybe I'm overrating what I've seen out of him over the last couple of years. Uh, but that's what my fear is. I know Calais Campbell. I know Miles Jack is still. I know they have a great con- combo at corner that is going to probably lock down these pedestrian Redskins wide receivers. But who should we Redskins fans, Redskins players, coaches be fearing? There are a lot of Jaguars fans that because they don't have PFF premium statistics, they read the box score and they see that through, what, 13 games now, Yannick Ngakwe is averaging like a half a sack a game compared to last year, nearly a sack a game. So they immediately believe that means he sucks. And that's just not the truth. He leads the team in pressures with 51. He's still consistently getting in the backfield. I truly believe the Jaguars have been held back by schematics. They run the same thing. They don't blitz. It's a very, very rare occasion and I, while I do think the Jaguars' skilled defensive players can do a lot of different things, I almost feel like they're kind of a square peg getting forced into a round hole, being forced to do – like forcing them to adjust to scheme rather right. than scheme adjusting to them. In which case, I mean opposing offenses know what's coming at them and they just get the ball out quick. So it doesn't matter how much pressure a guy can get because he'll never be able to knock the quarterback into the ground. Their game plan is perfect against them. Teams can dink and dunk. So if teams are able to get things flowing, kind of like the way Jacksonville has wanted to in the past with dink and dunk offense being a complimentary piece to running the ball, that's how teams beat this Jaguars defense at this point. Because corners, despite how skilled they are, are nine times out of 10 playing seven plus yards off the ball. They're never sending more than four pass rushers at a time. It, you, you can only do so much no matter how good you are. So unless the Jaguars just shock us all and decide that they want to run a like hybrid mix with blitzing and more man coverage <laughs> responsibilities, which they haven't proven they'll do consistently at all this year, you can take away just how good Yannick, Calais, and all these guys have been and can be just by a really good game plan and trusting with your gut that Todd Wash ain't going to adjust to it. Uh, the I would say the you know just in the interest of saving time I, I would say the last thing that I have for you I guess big picture uh, we we all talked about how uh, what's a nice way of saying that how, how crappy this game has the potential to be um, what what do you I mean the atmosphere has always been sterile down in Jacksonville when I've been there for regular season games and and, and preseason games have been there uh, three or four t- different times. I, that's what I'm expecting. Have the fan base, because of what happened last year, have they completely gone a- away and off the rails again, or are they still largely there and supportive and just realizing this, for whatever reason, was a bad year? Yeah, uh, I would say that the fans in the stands are a little sparse nowadays. <laughs> uh, I don't want to call the fan base kind of fair weather, but when the thing when things are going good, the stands are packed. When things right. aren't going good, the stands are not packed. So 
Uh, I would not expect a heavy crowd by any mean. With it being the last home game of the year and around Christmas, it might be a little more full due to gifts or whatnot, but I'm not expecting it to be like a playoff atmosphere by any means. Uh, but it seems like they there's a number that they never really get below. Uh, I can't quote the number because I'm a season ticket holder there, so I can kind of just eyeball it and know when it's lesser or more than usual. Uh, but I, I'm not expecting it to be crazy or anything. I would expect it to be pretty uh, calm, at least in the stands, and uh, not a whole lot from that regard. Well, I can't wait, guys. I mean, I wish I was making the trip down to Jacksonville. There's a good steakhouse near the stadium that I was at last time. I was in Jacksonville. I'm missing that. Uh, other than that, I, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I just wish I could be there for the for the carnival for the show. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you guys think you set back the clock with a Colts six nothing win uh, two weeks ago, I mean, this might be like negative three to negative six by the time the final <laughs> score is uh, is in. We're gonna I mean, the league points. Let me tell you, like, I'm I'm contemplating because I work my non-football job every single day this week early in the morning i'm almost thinking i deserve better on sunday and might just have to go take myself to a steakhouse rather than watch this game (laughs) i like it i like i think think we might all owe ourselves at least that (laughs) sounds sounds good to me there is nothing wrong with a good american cut steak boys that that is right i'll tell you that much and i think that should just about do it for us here on this special edition of locked on jaguars and locked on Redskins. Uh, Chris, go ahead and give us a shout out to all the work you do where everyone can find you. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. Um, so individual Twitter at WrestleMania 621. If you're a wrestling fan, you'll kind of get the reference. Uh, WrestleMania, WrestleMania, <laughs> got it. Uh, 621 at WrestleMania 621. And then the Locked on Redskins podcast has an individual one. It's at Locked Redskins. No on in the middle. Just at Locked Redskins uh, is how you can find me. And then uh, if you're into radio and all that stuff, besides the podcast that we do, Locked on Redskins, Uh, You can listen to me on 106.7 The Fan in the nation's capital and worldwide on radio.com. All right, and that's going to do it for us here on a crossover Wednesday edition. A little bit longer, but I hope you enjoy the conversation. Chock full of information, X's and O's, and opinions and analysis on both the Redskins and the Jaguars and where it all went wrong. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.